welcome to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast, where we look at behind the scenes of why and how leaders are making an impact and how you can too. I'm Shay Wheat, the founder and CEO of Grace and Ease Productions and the host of Creating Powerful Impact podcast. We support six, seven, and eight-figure speakers, coaches, and expert thought leaders in creating powerful and profitable live and virtual live events. Our clients have made over $25 million in revenue, gained over 3,700 new clients, and changed the lives of over 29,000 attendees with events as few as 50 people and over 4,000 in attendance. So stick around to the end of the show where we'll reveal how you can be a next guest in just 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. Today, I have with me Adam McChesney, who, funny enough, was originally a medical device sales representative, and then he transitioned into entrepreneurship like full-time in the midst of the pandemic in July of 2020. So leaving a comfortable and secure job during uncertain times has definitely brought a lot of challenges along the way. So I'm very excited to have Adam, you know, share a little bit about that. He went from making $200,000 a year to really taking a chance and betting on himself. He is the owner and partner of Height Digital St. Louis, which is now a seven-figure digital marketing agency, and he's a member of Inc. 5000. Please help me welcome to the stage, Adam McChesney. Hey, Adam. Hey, Shay. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate that introduction. I'm really excited to be here today and pour into the audience. I'm really excited because, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to kind of unpack here. There's obstacles that you've had along the way, uh, you know, criticisms and doubts of leaving corporate America, making the transition from a sales rep to a CEO, which is like a total brain shift all on its own. Um, I would love to chat about like digital marketing and sales and how you're bringing everything together. But before I kind of dive into all of my questions that I have, um, I want to kind of open the floor to you to share, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to kind of give us a little background on and how you are creating impact in the world today? Yeah, so I create my impact in the world really through my content. So I have a commitment, which I live out every single day to live a whole well-rounded life. And that Mm -hmm. is in my relationships with my wife and friends and family, obviously business, faith, and health and fitness with the overarching purpose in life to impact as many people as I possibly can, whether it's working with their business or through my content and helping them personally. So I know at the end of the day, by all the people that I talk to, whether it's a podcast like this or speaking on stage or just my content on social media, I'm going to end up working by the time it's all said and done with less than 1% of everybody that consumes what I talk about. So I want to make sure that it's not just business focused, that I am having an impact on people and helping them push forward, maybe in their business or professionally without ever having to do work with our company. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's kind of like sending out to give and we just kind of know it ends up coming back tenfold to us. So whether it's, you know, just a tip and somebody can just kind of take it and start running with it. Fantastic. So let's kind of dive into some of those pieces if it works for you. Um, I would love for you to start with the transition of 
corporate America to CEO and like what came up for you? What were some of the obstacles? What were some of the like the talk that was happening in your head or even, you know, surrounded you by friends and family? Yeah. So all the way back in 2015, when I, I said, I got a job right out of college and then I, I quit that job and tried to become an entrepreneur. I was doing all these different things and I was living in my mom's basement and I never made any money with it. Right. So (laughs) after six months, I had to go get a job and I, so, uh, got very lucky landed in the medical device space and ended up working for a company called ResMed, very, uh, very well-known company that is the leader in the CPAP equipment space. So once I got to that company, I was like, there's no reason for me ever to leave. This is my dream job. And I got promoted nine months in ended up making plenty of money and having the security and the benefits and all of that stuff. Back in 2018, I was trying to find ways to make money online just because I'm always kind of a go-getter and achiever. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur at some point, but I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to, to find something that could make more money than I'm making right now. And I was traveling a lot and had a lot of benefits. So I came across an ad that taught me how to build websites, rank websites, run paid ads, all of those different things. But I would actually own the assets Mm -hmm. and then essentially be a digital landlord and rent everything else to companies. So I was able to really build up case studies in a portfolio on the down low for two years mm. and cut my teeth before I jumped in full time. So in the in in 2020, I literally said I got married at the end of 2019. And I said, in 2020, I am going to take this side hustle and turn it into a business. I said, by the end of 2020, December 31st, like Adam McChesney will no longer work for somebody. Obviously the pandemic hit and we all know what happened there. So I was kind of already on like a two and a half month incline of investing more time and energy into that side hustle. COVID hit and I was already so motivated to to put it full time. So I started to spend more time and energy doing that. So July, 2020 came around, I left and, uh, and went full time. And so kind of jumped in. Uh, full steam ahead, not really knowing what to expect or what to do. I thought because I knew how to sell that mm-hmm. I could run a business, right? I thought right. sales was the lifeblood, which it is to a degree of business, but there's so much more that goes into it. And I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. All right. So I love this. Um, what, what were some of like the big lessons if you look back, cause you've now managed to come to the point where you've got team and you've got people that are handling things for you and you've continued to scale your business. But what were some of those pain points and challenges as you transitioned into more and more of becoming a CEO? So there's really two main folds, one of which is core values and the other is processes and systems. So with core values, you know, that is the foundation and the lifeblood of your business and how you do everything. So I'm very big proponent of those core values. And I thought because I was a solopreneur at the time and doing all of the work, never really envisioned having the team or growing to where we're at today, even though I wanted to, I just never thought it was possible. I didn't focus on some of those core things at the beginning because I said, you know, when the time comes, I'll work on it. But I I needed to operate as a seven-figure agency back then because I, I ended up having to go back and fix all of those foundational things that I didn't actually take care of at the time when it would have been super simple and easy to do. I had to go back and course correct. 
And, and it, it was a challenge and it still is a challenge kind of doing that. And then second to that is those processes and systems, because I am a sales guy and I am a visionary. So if you're familiar with the EOS model, I'm a visionary through and through, I now have an integrator that pulls me back and processes and systematizes everything, but I would reinvent the wheel with every single client that we would bring on. So I was growing and scaling and doing all these things, but I was making it so difficult on myself to actually fulfill on the work. So those would be the two main things. Right. One of, one of my mentors, I think calls it the dancing bear where you're like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm doing this. Now I'm doing this. Let me go ahead and recreate this versus having a process and a system, even though there might be slight tweaks and adjustments to how the product's going to turn out. But for you, let's say you guys are, you know, making a website or something for somebody, there's, there's pretty much a system and a step-by-step plan that you go through with all of your clients. Would you say? Exactly. And now it's like, we have different deviations. If somebody's, you know, putting products on their website or they want these different features, but it's like 99% going to be the exact same questions, the exact same processes that we do for everybody with a little bit of custom. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so somebody's taking or listening to us today and go, oh, fudge, that's me. Um, I was, I'm the solopreneur. I'm moving into having team handle things. I have to put systems and structures into place and find maybe an integrator to support me. Um, Was that challenging for you or were you like oh I know exactly who I need and you know put out a job placement for it for it was was definitely challenging like I knew I needed it and I knew I needed it from the beginning I just one couldn't afford an integrator and I didn't spend time on those processes and systems because I just don't like doing those things so (laughs) you're a visionary exactly so I kind of knew what I needed but it took me you know, it took me about a year and a half to actually find that person mm. and be able to afford them and to bring them into the company and kind of overhaul, I guess is the easiest way to explain it, everything that we were doing. And yeah. so we grew in our first year, we went from essentially doing no revenue. By the time I hired her, we were doing about 80K a month, but we really struggled to like break that barrier. Like we were growing so fast, but it was all over the place and and loose ends everywhere. And then, so in her first full year in in the business, we went from 80K in three team members, like within our our immediate organization to 200K in December, by December of last year. And we have nine immediate team members with our fulfillment team. That's up to 200 people. That's amazing. Congratulations and yay for your integrator. I love that. (laughs) You're like, yes, I'm I'm very, very thankful for her too. Of course. Now, um, if we could switch gears a little bit to taking a look at um, if somebody's wondering about digital marketing, personal branding, um, do you have any thoughts and perspectives on how they can utilize that to support them in growing and scaling their company? Yeah. So depending upon your industry and business, personal branding for me has literally got us almost 90% of our sales. So my content on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, all of those platforms has literally brought in almost all of our business. So we have about 140 ongoing clients. 
Only about 10% of those people are here in St. Louis. Everybody else is mostly people I've connected with online. Haven't met most of them. Uh, now I've met most of them, but when they came on as clients, I hadn't. And mm -hmm. so the personal branding is a key thing that I think so many people tend to just focus on branding their business and they don't think about the personal branding side. So regardless of what business you're in, you need to brand yourself as an entrepreneur as all of these different things, digital marketer, speaker, coach, whatever that might be. And then you can use digital marketing to help grow the business, right? So you can implement, obviously, a website, search engine optimization, paid advertising, but you want to have those two separate things that kind of are a little bit cohesive, but they operate, you know, uh, kind of on their own and they can really help grow your business in two different verticals. Okay. So could you walk us through, um, if you are, you know, marketing online, you're, you know, on your personal branding, you're talking about maybe case studies and things of that nature. What is, what is essentially the client, um, Ascension plan, so to mm. speak of them seeing you, hearing you on different platforms to then moving through to, to the point where they actually say, okay, yeah, let's do this, Adam. I, I want you to handle these things for me. That's a, that's a great question and one that I get asked all of the time because our growth has literally been on the backbone of that and we're growing faster than pretty much any digital marketing agency that's at our size. And, and the reason is, is because with my content, I do it different than most digital marketers. Okay. Most digital marketers specifically will cold DM, cold email, cold call, cold spam, all of potential clients. And they do that with their content too. So if you go to their Facebook, their Instagram, any of these platforms, it's kind of a show up and throw up of them bragging about themselves and maybe one case study that happened one time that was a one-off thing and that client's not even with them. Yeah. So I actually do it a little bit differently. So I post twice a day on Facebook, once a day on every other platform, and I strategically position my content about the day in the life of an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. I'll talk about the ups and the downs. I also bring my personal life into it as well because I connect with my ideal clients on a different level. People don't want to be sold. They want a good story and they want to follow somebody that is resonating with where they're at. So people hire us because we are good at digital marketing, but more importantly, they know when they're doing business with me and my agency that I connect with them as an entrepreneur, because even though I'm in digital marketing and our clients are in a variety of different industries, business is business and business isn't just all about business. So when I post about motivation, self-development, struggles, ups and downs, 90% of the time with only 10% of the time being about digital marketing, they're like, this guy isn't just trying to take my money. So I've been doing this now for two and a half years. So it's, it's a compound effect. And so now we have, we brought on 28 new clients in December, in October of uh, 2020, I literally had five clients. And then in April of 2021, I had 28 clients. So we're now literally bringing on more clients a month than we used to have in total uh, just a year and a half ago. But people are seeing my stuff over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. they're like, I feel comfortable doing business with this person. Mm -hmm. Now, um, is it is it all like you and video or is it like a combination of different things? Is it they have to see your face or can you speak a little bit about that? Because I, I know there are some entrepreneurs out there like, I'm really good at what I do. I don't necessarily want to be in front of the camera all the time. Or, you know, mm -hmm. some people are like, I don't want to do the dancing and things of that <laughs> nature. 
Yeah, so I definitely don't do any of the dancing. Um, <laughs> you don't I have the dance moves, huh? <laughs> no, I, I wish. But about six months ago, as video really started to take off, mostly in obviously YouTube and not that it's a new platform, obviously, right? It's been around for a while, but the, the algorithm started to really kick in. I, I, I launched a YouTube channel in May of, of last year. And then the reels really started to kick off. So I started to implement that around the same time. But before then, I went two years with just posting short and long form content on all those platforms. Videos has definitely helped it to helped it take off because those algorithms are crazy right now. But you could completely do it without video. Okay. Okay, good. Well, that, that's good for all of our more introverted types of CEOs out there. <laughs> um, so... The, the system is that they they see you on social, they see you out there, um, kind of the life of an entrepreneur, um, and then you have some call to actions where then they, they join you and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. What is it that you actually support the client with? What are they walking away with? So once they reach out to me, I will then connect them with my director of client success, Demi, and they'll go through a discovery call. They'll go through a strategy presentation. And then if they decide, hey, this sounds like something we're, we're looking to do, then they'll, they'll onboard with us. So it could be that they want a new website or they want to show up on Google, whether that's search engine optimization or Google ads, but we kind of help put together a strategy and plan of attack. So even if they don't hire us, they at least walk away with an audit of their online presence and they understand, hey, it might not make sense right now for budget time of the year, but if we were to work with Height or another marketing agency, this is what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. I love that because, you know, similar to, to how I look at it is like, not everybody should be hosting and producing events right now or certain types of events. So it's like, mm -hmm. this is the steps that you need to take and then come back to us because now we can go ahead and implement all of those details. So you really are leaving them better than when they came to you and giving them the value that they need for where they're at currently, and then know that it's going to come back to you tenfold. At least that's my perspective. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right. So let's, let's chat a little bit about um, team. Uh, you've grown, you've scaled. How is it bringing on team and, you know, your implementer and your implementer helping you kind of create that culture. Um, what what are some of the pros and cons? What are some of the pitfalls that you're like, ooh, this was a big one for us. Make sure that you kind of look at this before you move forward. Yeah, so this is a topic I absolutely love to talk about. We have a very interesting dynamic. So I'm a franchisee of the franchise or so we're the only franchise in digital marketing. So we're kind of creating this new little niche. So I have my entire team that is through my franchise. So it's nine of us at this point. We're all remote. So some of us are here in Missouri. I have one uh, girl that's in South Carolina. And then we have four full-time people in Nicaragua. And then we have 200 full-time fulfillment team members that are on our team for certain projects that are also in Nicaragua. So we have a very, very unique situation where I'm remotely managing all of these people. And then there's also the instance of a franchise and the, the differences in culture and all of these different things. Mm -hmm. So the, the biggest thing that I struggled with in the beginning, because so much of my, my new business comes in from my personal brand is really separating myself from the company and that personal brand from the branding of the company and, and really empowering my team once I found the right people 
to take ownership of the Adam McChesney brand. Yeah. Because there's that ego aspect that you're like, this is my brand. This is my integrity. This is all of this stuff. And you want to hold on to it. And I still struggle with this at times. You want to hold on to it. But what, what I became like prevalent to is that I hired those people because they're really good at what they do and they're best suited when that's what they're doing all day long. And that's how they can help the clients best. So I was actually doing a disservice to both myself, mm. my team and the client by trying to step in and be the bottleneck. So really getting clear on what your team is doing versus what you're doing, how you separate yourself from the company as far as branding goes, and then positioning that through your content. So one of the biggest changes I made really over the last six months, I started to highlight my team more and more in my content. So that way my clients got familiar with their faces. They got familiar and understanding you know, who they were just as much as they know who I am. And then building up my team members to understand, I think most people struggle with helping team members understand your vision as an, as an entrepreneur, but more importantly, where they fit into the puzzle and how big of an impact they're actually playing on a daily basis. Yeah, that's so incredibly true. It's like, where do they fit into the vision? Helping to go, okay, this is the vision that has to come from you as the CEO, but where do they fit? So instead of it just being a paycheck, it's like, no, no, like I'm a part of this wheel. And if I'm, you know, pulled out of it or I'm, you know, not showing up properly, then the wheel's all wonky. Mm. So I love that piece of it. I've, I've heard that a couple of times recently in a couple of the masterminds that I'm a part of. Um, and it, it's really resonating with me right now as well. That's fantastic. So what is like the next step? For, for you and your company? Like, where are you going? Who are you looking to support? What is it that um, you want to support your clients in doing more and more this coming year? So really the focus this year is for me to truly be the CEO within the company. You know, I, I've had the title CEO forever now, right? But now I'm truly stepping into that role. So I was doing so much of the sales up until about six months ago. So I hired Demi and she's been amazing to take that stuff over. And then everything else is, is taken care of. So I'm stepping into that CEO role and really owning it, as well as taking a look at bigger opportunities for myself and really my personal brand and separating that way deep, uh, deep and different mm -hmm. than our company. So speaking, I spoke on about 10 stages last year, was on a lot of different podcasts and all those different things, but really being a speaker and a consultant an investor in other companies is really what I'm passionate about and what I'm starting to do more and more of uh, here this year. I also own two other companies that we created just out of building a, a little silly website and ranking it to the first page of Google. So I own an auto glass company here in St. Louis and I own a landscape design company and I have no idea about any of those industries, but they get a bunch of leads and we created a business out of it. So taking on more of those types of projects with partners and becoming equity partners in companies are things I'm really excited about in, in what I'll be continuing to do here in 2023 and beyond. That's phenomenal. And so if any of our listeners here are like, wait, wait, so you know how to go ahead and get ranked and get leads from digital marketing? Like that's definitely what I need to do next. What is the best way that they kind of reach out to you and go, I want to have a conversation with you and your team. 
Absolutely. So you can head over to my website at adammcchesney.com. You'll find out everything about me in Height Digital. You'll have links to all of my social platforms, but the social platform that you'll find me on the most is going to be Instagram. And my handle is Adam L. McChesney. Okay. So website again? AdamMcChesney.com. Okay, fantastic. And we'll also put that in the show notes. So as we start to kind of wrap up here, what would you like to leave our audience with? So I think the biggest thing that I have learned in my time as an entrepreneur is that no is a complete sentence. And what I mean by that is as you start to grow and scale and you take on more opportunities and you also grow your team is you are going to have to say no more than you say yes. And if you say yes to a certain situation or if you say yes to a meeting, then you're saying no to everything else that you should be working on. And so as entrepreneurs, and especially as people that are building up their personal brand, we always want to say yes, yes, yes. But we really truly need to be saying no, no, no. And that's actually a sign of growth, but it's a sign of us prioritizing what matters most. Okay. That was a mic drop moment, Adam. (laughs) Um, I think that is where we're going to leave you all today. Uh, Rewind and make sure that you hear that piece right there one more time. Maybe put it on a post-it note. I know I'm going to. And thank you so much, Adam, for being with us here today. I look forward to staying connected and anybody here looking for support in the digital world, definitely make sure that you reach out to Adam. Until next time, we will see you on the next episode of Creating Powerful Impact. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. And they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.